Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. The fight is growing. E equals MC. That all men are created About the future innovation. And growing strength in the air. Tear this is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another great episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And boy, can I tell you, I'm excited that it's actually 2021. Yay, New Year. You know, we've been going through all kinds of craziness over the last, uh, I, I was talking to, to our guest that's on today. Um, we've, we've been working with the skeleton crew here in the studio at Voice America for now, what was 300 days. So it's uh, uh, still, still happy to be able to commute and come into the studio and be able to make cool content and work with our fantastic customers. But I really do miss seeing all of my other coworkers and other folks that were here in the building uh, pre-pandemic. So uh, excited that uh, we got this vaccine and all this stuff coming out so we can uh, we can make a change and get back to seeing each other's smiling faces in person and not just on Zoom. Not that there's anything wrong with Zoom, and I hope maybe you purchased some Zoom stock 2019 because you'd be about a millionaire right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we have a great show for you guys today. Uh, we have a guest uh, who's, who's a, a very, very cool person, um, also who used to live right here in our own backyard in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and we're going to talk to her today. I just want to welcome Erica Flora to the show. Erica, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So Erica, I know that you said uh, you are in Washington, D.C. right now. Um, so I'm really, I just, I just want to apologize now for our 70 degree weather that we have here in Phoenix today, uh, before, <laughs> before we move forward on the, on the show. Uh, and I hope you're staying warm because I know it's, I know it's pretty cold there. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's uh, almost 50. So. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. <laughs> nice almost day. 50. Nice. So Erica, I know that uh, you run a really cool company that's uh, called Beyond 20 uh, and and you are an, uh, an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, uh, you know, and we, we really love to, to speak with people like you on Finding Your Frequency because you know, the, the whole premise of the show is how people found their frequency in life and in business and, you know, why they kind of do what they do and, you know, getting some tips and insights and hearing people's stories and, uh, and, and that I think really helped to motivate other individuals to go out and step outside of their comfort zone, right? Which is what you need to do sometimes to, uh, to get out there and, and, and make a splash in the world, especially today. Uh, everything's been changing. Everything's digital. Everything's cloud. It's IOT. It's machine learning artificial intelligence how can we operate factories with robots and all this you know fun stuff which I'm sure you and I can heavily get into today um, but first I want to just kind of start from the beginning for you Erica and just kind of take a step backwards for us and and tell us how you found your frequency in life and in business and and tell us your story yeah so it took me a while this is a short answer <laughs> I actually uh, I thought I wanted to be a doctor I studied pre-med and and uh, picked microbiology as my major and, and ended up really loving it so much that I got my master's degree in microbiology. And then I went and worked as a microbiologist and I was like, oh no, I do not <laughs> like this. <laughs> what am I gonna do with my life? 
And so through some happy accidents, I ended up becoming a project manager in the pharmaceutical industry. And, uh, and I was actually the first project manager at this company. And they, um, they gave me a lot of just leeway to, to try things and experiment. And I got the opportunity to, um, to actually help with the organizational transformation and it had a big software component to it. I got the opportunity to lead that. And I was like, this is really cool. And I didn't realize at the time that like people don't let you just, you know, implement enterprise systems and do a bunch of training and fix processes and like literally transform the organization. And I was like, this is awesome. I want to keep doing this. And so I think through through just being open and just seeing a need and and um, being, I guess, young and naive enough to, to think that I could, you know, make and affect change uh it just like lit a fire in me and i was like this is what i want to do this is what i want to keep doing and that's really has become the dna of our company is how do we help other organizations do this how do we help our clients fix their processes um you know address the the issues that they have in terms of bureaucracy or or people on the people side and that's really what we do is we help organizations attack three things people process and technology and in that order you know you mentioned a lot of stuff like ai and machine learning all that kind of stuff and that stuff is awesome but if you haven't addressed the people and the process stuff you can spend a lot of money on these tools and not get what you had hoped for out of it so we we try to help uh, organizations address those areas so that they don't end up having wasted a, a ton of time and energy and and tears and suffering and all that good stuff. <laughs> Are you having trouble finding hand sanitizer? Well, Spa Treat has you covered. There's no need to go searching high and low. Just visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and place your order on their easy-to-use website. On schedule delivery. One of the great things about this product, Spa Treat Fulfillment Team is working around the clock to provide people hand sanitizer during this time of need and get your order to you as quickly as possible, even faster than Amazon. Spa Treat also has the lowest price of any of its competitors. Spa Treat has 62% alcohol content and the FDA recommends between 60 to 80 for maximum protection. This one has 62 because it doesn't dry your hands out. I use this stuff every single day. It is fantastic. It's got certified organic extracts with the ingredients in that hand sanitizer that are of the highest quality and they're designed to leave your hands smelling and feeling fresh while protecting you at the same time. The best part, there's no tricky residue left over. None. None of that sticky stuff. Four cents available, unscented, tea tree, lavender, and lemon. And best of all, this product right here is made in the good old United States of America. A lot of companies are having trouble dealing with the current demands, so Spa Treat has dedicated themselves to providing a much-needed product in the time of crisis. Spa Treat has better prices, faster shipping, and a larger supply than any of their competition. There isn't even a close second. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and enter promo code SPA SPA at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. That's right. Not only are they offering the lowest price available, but they're also offering our listeners a discount. This promo code is exclusive to Voice America and only our listeners get this discount. Spa Tree and Voice America came together on this sponsorship in order to provide Americans something they could really need right now. Peace of mind. Visit SpaTreatOfficial.com and order yours today. That's SpaTreatOfficial.com and make sure you use the promo code SPA at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order. SpaTreatOfficial.com 
get your awesome hand sanitizer. Yeah, no, I like that you. I like that you guys put people first because um, there, there's a term that uh, 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 a, a really well-known uh, accounting person. His name is Ron Baker. He's wrote all these uh, crazy books and uh, does a show here on the network. But um, he he calls he calls people knowledge workers, right? And so um, I love I love that term knowledge workers because you know all of the you you can have all of the technology in the world, but if you don't have the people and the process to implement that, your knowledge workers going in creating those processes you know you can't even get ai to work for you without um, having you know people design some processes and you know what are the inputs and outputs and what is designated in those specific areas especially in uh, in, in technology and for instance ai and machine learning i mean that's you know a number one i'm, I'm working on a project with, with that right now we were just talking about you know uh, you know what what how how are we going to tell the listeners what they want to listen to right using an ai algorithm of different things and yeah it's it's challenging and you know i think a lot of people get into this space where they're like oh well we're just going to design a site it's going to have a ui and it's going to do a b and c and you have a list of you, you know like line items or features that you want but have have you really sat down and thought about are those features good for your organization are they good for your company or, or, or your customer i mean uh, so much needs to go into that um which i'm glad you brought that processes up because those are those are extremely important um Tell us a little bit about um, some kind of projects that you worked on uh, in early 2020, right? Because I know a lot of companies had to go and make like a 360 degree pivot or shift in the way that they did business. Um, I know for us at Voice America, we were doing all these live in-person events and, you know, going to all these different places, which then boom, all of that business just stopped in February of 2020. Um, and I know that was the case for a lot of other businesses. So um, what are some recent projects? Projects that you've worked on where you've helped to design people processes and technology to kind of fit in with the changing world yeah so we have an insurance client that I think is a really good example of how we've how we've helped in all three of those areas so um, they they found that very rapidly uh, the insurance landscape changed and people wanted different things they didn't they wanted different kinds of insurance and for them having really good customer service and having frictionless um, experiences for their customers became so important because they they absolutely had to compete in this now you know digital world. Um, and so on the people side, we actually helped train their uh, their customer service staff so that they understood how to help their customers better ask the right questions. They actually liked it so much that they've incorporated it as part of their onboarding. So we've done um, a number of recordings for them to, to educate their staff and make sure that as they get new people on board, they understand exactly how to help customers and hit the ground running and have that knowledge, kind of like what you were saying with knowledge workers, make sure that they have that knowledge quickly so they can start to contribute quickly. Um, and then on the process side, we help them with their insurance claims process. So when um, their field agents were processing claims, they wanted it to be seamless so they didn't have to call IT because you know you don't even have the, the ability now for somebody from IT to come out and help you. <laughs> so you have to be able to make it really, really seamless for employees and, and, and their customers as well. And then the, the way that we help them on the technology side, once we kind of address the people and the process stuff, and we're seeing this as, with a lot of organizations, is they're realizing we have too many tools. We have purchased too many <laughs> tools. They're not talking to one another and we probably don't need them all. And so we're taking all these like disparate homegrown kind of systems and saying, okay, 
do you need this? Um, who's using it? What's the what's the purpose of it? What's the value that it brings to your organization? Um, and so we're we're trying to put them onto a on a unified platform that gives their leadership a way to um, essentially like a dashboard, a digital mm. dashboard, or what's called a single pane of glass, where they can look and see how's the health of our organization and start to plan for for next year and the following year. No, that's that that's interesting that you bring that up because uh, you know we kind of did something similar where you know we were like, all right. Um, what is this, you know, and, and, and where we started, we started looking at, uh, we started looking at our bank account, right? We started going, what, what money is being spent right now and why, you know? And then that's what led us to some of those disparate things. I'm like, I didn't even know we were still paying for that. I thought that was over, you know? And then you're like, so then, you, yeah. And then they start going through the process of, of getting those things all ironed out. And then you're like, you're telling me that I could have a CRM, a customer service management tool, an outward facing tool, a chat bot, and all of those things all integrated in one system. And, you know, then you're going, well, wait a minute, that makes like, you know, three of these other or four of these other things that we're using completely obsolete. And I think when you have uh, technology to the space where it's able to, to to fill multiple needs like that and give, you know, CEOs, CFOs, CMOs that that uh, that that dashboard to kind of see what's happening uh, globally for the for the uh, for the company. Um, it, it, it shines insights that are a lot easier to make decisions on, make uh, uh, financial decisions, personnel decisions, technology decisions. Um, and, and then, of course, what I found, too, in that space of kind of consolidating with the technology. Uh, was that we ended up in the long run getting more functionality for less cost. Mm, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, when you really focus and put an eye on things, you realize, oh, there's actually better stuff than maybe what we purchased a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I was actually, yeah. I was utterly just kind of thrown back in 2020 because of you know, watching, you know, products like Zoom just quickly pivot and, and provide, you know, new technology pieces for people to stay connected. And, you know, I make jokes now in our in our in our uh, weekly staff meetings and, you know, I call us the Voice America bunch because when, that you know, you, you get into the meeting, it's a bunch of little tiny squares of everything. But, you know, I think technology grew a lot in 2020, um, but it also forced everyone to do things a little bit differently. But I think it also gave us kind of a glimpse into, um, you know, some of our coworkers' lives that we maybe would have never seen before. You know, like a couple of my my uh, coworkers, I didn't know they owned cats or that they were dog lovers or, you know, anything like that. Because a lot of that stuff doesn't come, come up. But then, you know, you're having a conversation and then the cat walks across the desk. <laughs> you know, it, it makes for some interesting ways of connection. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a really big believer and lover of technology just simply for the fact of... Uh, the ease of use it is to create connectivity. Uh, and then of course, um, you know, from a video and audio editing standpoint, uh, computers have come so far. It's absolutely amazing. I remember it used to take us, you know, like six or seven hours to render one hour of standard definition video, which now we can do in the cloud, <laughs> you know, uh, right. and, and leverage those resources, which leads me kind of to my next question about uh, about the cloud and embracing of the cloud and, and 
you know, I know when you're working with, with your customers and you're kind of giving them some guidance on solutions and where they should house some of their things, um, are you seeing a lot of places go way uh, more cloud and less on-premise or less um, like dedicated server resources and more uh, VMware and that kind of stuff? Um, what, what kind of, uh, you know, what, what kind of uh, shift in the industry are you seeing in that space? Yeah, we're seeing a big shift to cloud. For sure. Um, but uh, I think what's happening is we're getting questions from customers uh, saying, like, we've gone to cloud and now we're spending a lot more than we expected or we've hit these hiccups we didn't expect because you're you're transferring your stuff. I mean, it's still going somewhere. So I think our customers that have been the most successful are the ones that really do a lot of due diligence into selecting the right vendor that makes sense for them. Um, not necessarily the the one with a big name or anything like that, but but really figuring out, is this a fit for us? Uh, I think also tr- making sure that they understand that, that you can't just set it and forget it. You can't just spool up, a, you know, let's say a, a lot of storage and then forget <laughs> that you've spooled it up. You have to keep an eye on that because you'll get the bill. Like what you were saying, you'll get the bill yeah. at the end of the month, end of the quarter, and you're like, holy heck, what, what have we done? So I think just m- making sure that you do spend time, again, with the people in the process stuff up front um, and then keeping an eye on things and making sure that you have a way to monitor that spend uh, as close to real time as you can get it. Yeah, that's hundred percent. That that cloud bill will sneak up on you. They charge by the, you know, by the minute or you know whatever those things are. I have some experience with virtual desktops, right? And I, I funny story. We we had set up an uh, an external employee with uh, a virtual desktop for them to, through AWS, so they could just you know have their virtual desktop. And I forgot to give it hours parameters to tell it like you know it it only needs to spin up at like eight o'clock in the morning, and then it can spin down at like eight o'clock at night and i forgot for like almost two months so it had been running for 24 hours a day for two months uh you know luckily those uh those integrated pieces are not that expensive so i didn't get in too much trouble by our cfo when we got the bill but yeah no you definitely got to pay attention to that you guys have to check out this new service that i'm playing around with called issue it is totally amazing you live to create but you don't live to worry over the last nitpicky details involved in putting final touches on contact. You got to do what you do best and let issue handle the rest. If you're a creative, you know the drill. You're finally done editing. It's perfect. Now you just need format and reformat for every single platform. With issue, make it once and it's ready to post everywhere. Seriously, Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines and sales collateral. It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or just anyone that wants to make eye-catching content that can be distributed on multiple platforms. Issue makes it really simple. Just upload the PDFs and files and Issue transforms them using your vision and customizable templates to create the content you want. With Issue, you just create it one time and distribute it everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website, social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories. And the best part about it, it is free. F-R-E-E free. That's right, it's free to get started with Issue. 
So go to issue.info slash frequency to sign up for your free account. That's issuu.info slash frequency to sign up and let them know that you heard about it from this show, Finding Your Frequency. Remember, that's .info, not .com. .info. So go to issuu.info slash frequency and get your free account today. And, you know, speaking of cloud too, I want to talk about... Um, you know, just like the level of application building from a software development standpoint as well. Um, I've always had the the understanding, you know, when when going into you know development operations and and you know getting statements of work and and working on some kind of application or you know whether it's a mobile app or desktop, whatever the case may be, or a completely responsive design. But um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people who are moving towards. Uh, you know, straight agile developing, number one. Um, I'm also seeing a lot of people move towards um, like um, agnostic app, uh, like, uh, excuse me, cloud agnostic applications, right? So applications that are built from the ground up, knowing that I don't know where I'm going to house this yet. I don't know if it's going to go on AWS or Azure or if I'm going to have an out, you know, a company like Rackspace or somebody do, you know, how house host these, these solutions. Um, but how important is it to build stuff that's agnostic in that space to make sure that you have options? Um, yeah, I think that that's really important to, to have flexibility. I also, um, you said something interesting in terms of software development. I'm seeing, a lot of our customers either doing this or moving in the direction where they're having more of an agile approach um, and and uh, kind of gone are the days back when I was a project manager back in my day decade or a couple decades ago uh, we worked on these like large huge <laughs> kinds of projects that you, you don't get anything till the end and and luckily, a lot of organizations have figured it out that that doesn't make any sort of sense. But, you know, if you start a two-year project at the end of it, you're like, well, this is what I wanted two years ago. I don't care about it now. And stuff <laughs> is changing so quickly that, yeah, you, you need to remain relevant. So instead of having these huge projects, let's break them down into chunks so that we can show something every, let's say, couple of weeks and see if it hits the mark. And if it doesn't, let's go back to the drawing board and, and figure out how we address it. And, and it, it kind of goes back to my roots uh, as a microbiologist, because I remember when I started in IT, I was like, I have a science background. Like, what am I going to offer to IT? How does this at all relate? And <laughs> it wasn't until I started learning about Agile and and this approach um, and talking to some of the folks that had actually um, were at the forefront of Agile, they were saying, well, this is just the scientific method. This is just, I have a hypothesis, let's go test it out. If it works, great, let's keep doing more of that. And if it doesn't work, then go back and, and figure something else out. And so it, it's kind of exciting that that has, has really um, become a pervasive way of thinking in software development and stuff like that. So yeah. Uh, yeah, huge proponent of anything that can get you stuff faster, of higher quality, that is more flexible, like you were saying, um, and, and allows you to keep your options open. You know, I think the the only the only bad byproduct of uh, of agile development is uh, gone are the endless hours of QA at the end of a, uh, the re receipt of of a project. It's like, hey, we we built this. It took us four months. And then you have, you know, QA and, and testing resources going in there and, you know, doing bug testing and all that fun stuff. Uh, you know, those, those, those folks are probably moving to uh, more front end development stuff uh, rather than QA because the QA is being done by the client. 
you know, like when you release in every two weeks, it's like, okay, I know when we do agile, um, it, it, it gets released and it goes to our CEO, right? He's the one that test drives the new releases first. And then we have a, uh, a trusted advisory board that we use that make up of uh, one or two internal components. And then also a couple of customers that have been with us for a long time. And, you know, then they get the, they get the test drive that, you know, next while we're working on the next one. And so by the time your, your sprints are starting to come up and your releases are coming, I'm getting feedback from customers on what, what they like, what they don't like, you know, I'm able to plug all that stuff into uh, the, the working database that's running the current infrastructure um if you're building a new ui like i just love agile it's been it's been it's been awesome and i like the way that you said it you're like oh it's just a scientific approach to a project like <laughs> like duh duh no big deal <laughs> been around for hundreds of years no big deal <laughs> So what are you seeing? Um, you know, I, I, I think I think digital marketing is really, you know, not that not that it wasn't big before the pandemic, but it's even bigger now because everybody's online. We're all, you know, engaged in some online activity in a, in a constant basis. And, you know, our downtime seems to be, you know, social media, news sites and, you know, of course, the CDC and reading up on all those things. And, you know, I think it's been real hard for brands and companies to, like, grab people's attention over 2020 because people are so, you know, worried about so many multitude of different things in their lives. Um, how are digital marketers and, and, and companies and, and technology professionals, um, how, are they how are they leveraging technology to get people's attention and, and get them to you know, buy products? Because I know, you know there was a long time in the beginning of the pandemic where you know, a lot of people were not working. You know, some of that kind of has gotten cleaned up. Thank the good Lord for that. But you know, people's heads are kind of in 20 different directions and, you know, people still have to operate businesses and we all still have to bring in revenue. Um, how, how, how do they how are they getting people's attention? How are they how are they, you know, making sure that, you know, they that the that people are seeing that they have their hand raised? Yeah, so I think that because of the pandemic and everything has been shifted to more of a digital marketing um, uh, focus, I think there's a lot more noise Frankly, there's just a lot more noise yeah. and a lot more folks are going, ah, we still have to sell our products and services. And they're just kind of like vomiting a bit. Um, <laughs> we've taken a different tact. And for us, it's really about listening to our customers because, you know, once you get over the whole freak out of, oh, my God, <laughs> what's going to happen you know, to our own organization, to our existing products and services and all that kind of stuff and just kind of stop the freak out a little bit and say, <laughs> OK, well, let's understand how our customers are doing because they're freaking out too. And, and they've got different things that they care about, different things that they value. And so what we've been doing is just reaching out by phone. Um, you know, you can do it via zoom. Sometimes you have better, deeper conversations when you do it via phone and you don't have to have the video on and, and feel like you're on. Um, but just, just having frank conversations with folks, how's the pandemic impacting you? What does this mean to your organization? Um, you know, now that we're starting 2021, what are the big themes for you? What are the big problems you're trying to solve? Because at the end of the day, customers buy your products and services because you're solving problems for them. And there's tons of problems out there. Um, and there's tons of new problems out there. So I think just for us, it's really been just listening, listening, and then that informs your digital marketing. And that stuff's going to resonate a lot better with folks. 
Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, and listening to your customers is, is, is definitely important. I remember our CEO, when the whole pandemic started, he, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of did a little, you know, oh my gosh, what's going on? You know, we had some, uh, some like small business customers who were having problems cause they had to close their doors. And, you know, so some of their marketing stuff kind of went out the window for a little while till they could get some stuff solved. And, you know, our CEO, we, we, we had a management meeting. I'm the VP of operations for the company. And so we sit down we have a management meeting and he says, I only wanted to bring this meeting just to tell you guys one thing. I don't care about anything else. We just need to focus on making sure we keep the customers that we have now go find out what they need. That's exactly what he said. You know, and, and, and I thought that that was, that was really cool because it wasn't a long drawn out, like, oh, don't worry about this. He said, nope, this is what we need to do. This is, and this is all we need to do. Um, and so we spent the better part of, you know, that 60 days after February kind of pivoting into that mode of, you know, being in more communication and, and finding out more of what the, what our customers were looking for, how we could help them. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely helped us, uh, in, in, in 2020. And so. I think we're going to continue that trend in 2020, 2021. I'm still, I'm still having problems saying 2021. <laughs> uh, so if you had some, uh, some tips or some tricks or, you know, some insights that you could deliver to um, the young aspiring entrepreneur um, who, you know, may have lost their regular job during the pandemic and has decided to, um, you know, take the entrepreneurial leap of faith and go start something on their own. Uh, what would be some advice that you would give somebody right now? Oh, great question. So um, I can tell you when, when we started beyond 20, um, it, a lot of it was just to, um, to work as, as consultants. We were working consultants at the time as my husband and I, and then we kind of grew organically, um, to hire more people. We just became so busy that we had to hire more people. And so, um, I think for me, uh, the best advice I can give is make sure that you have a skill set that, um, that can help your customers. Um, it's not enough just to have an idea. You have to have an idea that, that folks are willing to buy. Um, so think about what that looks like and focus on how do I get customers? How do I um, have conversations, really understand that there's an unmet need? It's not so much like, I think this would be cool. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a little bit of a, um, of a product of, of Shark Tank and some of the shows like that, you think, oh, I just need a cool product and then I need to sell it to some sharks. <laughs> and, and that's not entrepreneurship necessarily. Uh, it is if you have a product idea um, that you think you can bring to the masses. But um, a lot of times it's, can do I have a product or service that I can sell to someone? Um, you know, can I interface with my customers and make it a compelling reason for them to, to buy it? Does it ultimately solve a need? So I think if you focus on that, um, that's a better approach to, to take. Hey everybody, I wanted to tell you about this great shaving product that I've been using lately. Not only is it awesome, it will save you money. Enough to buy 26 cups of coffee in New York City or three deep dish pizza dinners in Chicago. Harry's is an awesome product. It delivers high quality razor blades as low as $2 each, a fraction of the price of leading brands and saving you hundreds of dollars at the same time. 
I really like the way that Harry's works. It has a very close shave. It's got a great design for the handle and also the scent of the shave gel is fantastic and it leaves your skin nice and smooth. You can get a trial set delivered to your doorstep by going to harrys.com forward slash frequency. Quality, durable blades at a fair price, just two bucks a blade. They've cut out middlemen manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. I'm telling you, I use this product and it is absolutely amazing. Harry's has all your grooming needs covered in just one stop. You can get blades, hair care, shower products, all on harrys.com. And just like their blades, Harry is committed to providing premium products without breaking the bank. Again, visit harrys.com forward slash frequency. I want to make sure that everybody gets the chance to go check it out. You can feel better too about the purchase because 1% of their proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations developed to helping provide access to better mental health care for men and veterans. How could you not get behind the veterans? So important nowadays. Listeners of the show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com forward slash frequency. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. I use it every day. Rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated. And I'm telling you, when you get done shaving, your face will feel so smooth. It's amazing. You even get a travel blade cover to keep your razors dry and easy to grab on the go. So make sure you go to harrys.com dot com forward slash frequency to start shaving and saving today. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. You got to have a product that's marketable and and solves a problem for sure. If you're not if you're not solving problems, like what are what what actually what's the point of doing anything if you're not solving a problem? You would be surprised. <laughs> I see a lot of organizations they talk about innovation. And when they say innovation, they just mean like, ah, oh, cool technology has come out. Let's let's tinker with it. And it's like you're kind of missing the mark. You don't know if that if that widget is going to actually be sellable. And it's not sellable if it doesn't solve an existing problem for our customers. So you got to focus on the problem first rather than, hey, this is a cool, neat invention. Like nobody cares about that. I mean, <laughs> you might get a few sales from that, but you won't be a sustainable business that way. I like that you use the the word widget. That's so funny. It's it's so early web, (laughs) early web discussion of, so what do you guys do? We do search engine optimization and we sell widgets. (laughs) The widget market is, is real strong. (laughs) I think widgets turned into applications like, you know, for your phone and you used to have the, that, that's so funny. We used to do the so product development, uh, I don't know, back in 2003. Uh, and we had to come up with this really cool player, a video player. We were doing, you know, live uh, inter- in, uh, interactive video stuff uh, uh, before high definition was online. And uh, so we're building this player and then we're like, so you can watch. Oh, it's just like watching TV or YouTube. Okay, so there's no difference. And so someone in the room said, well, what's the point of bringing a player to the market if there's already all these other players? You know, and someone goes, add a chat feature to it. We went, what? Add a chat <laughs> feature. Fix it. Well, no, it did. That that was what, what that was what made it. That, it, w- it was called the Motiview player at the time. And it was a way for um, 
this is you know pre Google Meets or any of this kind of stuff. But um, so the video content goes through the player, and the end user who's watching the video can then send a chat back to the moderator to ask questions. So it was um, like you know being able to attend an event um, or a roundtable discussion um, offsite, but being able to send your questions in. Um, but it was so it was you know like I said I think it was two thousand two or two thousand and three. So it was you know pretty cool tech for the time. And um, then we had a printer set up on location. And um, I was the production operations manager at the time. So I'm running the crew with the cameras and doing all the video streaming portion and all that. And I had to have a one person whose job it was to take the incoming chats that got printed out on a piece of paper and run them up to the moderator. (laughs) Um, But this but the player was really cool for a while but it was just like that one added thing that 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 chat feature that was needed to you know push that over the hump to make it viable for people to be able to actually interact with the player i know things have progressed severely beyond that now just you know a story of where you know a a widget that we all thought was cool and was going to make money and then someone goes well how are they actually interacting they're not doing anything different and everyone went wait a minute you're right (laughs) so sometimes you got to take a step back and you know reevaluate a couple of things before you get too crazy with spending money on development right for sure yeah the more you can prototype the more you can test stuff out and and honestly sometimes a seemingly uh, simple question like how is this different can push us to to make something that that actually is different, and and I think the other thing that's really important is um, is being open to these ideas. Like when you said, "Oh, add a chat," I'm like, "Oh, that'll fix it." Um, I think sometimes we go, "Oh, no, that'll never work," until we try it, and then you go, "Holy cow! Okay, this actually does bring something unique to the to the industry or market or whatever it may be." Um, so I think just being open to to ideas that maybe sound dumb when you first hear them. So don't do what I did, <laughs> basically, uh, I think can can be really meaningful. That's awesome. So um, I think, you know, for 2021 and especially 2020, you know, there was this whole, you know, idea of uncertainty. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we kind of talked about some of the uncertainty and connecting with customers and, and, you know, having those regular conversations with them. But um you know, when people start looking at 2021 and how they're going to operate their businesses, I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people have already had some planning and discussions in, you know, Q3 and such of last year to get ready for 2021 and what that's going to look like. But one thing I've noticed is, you know, until everybody's all vaccinated and all that kind of stuff, you know, we're still kind of in the same scenario, you know, today as we were the last, like I said, 300 days before today, this day. Um, but with some of that uncertainty still kind of moving forward and then still knowing that you, you, you have to plan, how do you how do you get over the complexity uh, um, uh, with a person in business to kind of ground all of those different moving pieces uh, so that way they can hone in on, you know, what is their, uh, their focus or roadmap for 2021? Yeah, so for us, what has been absolutely essential right now, um, especially now that we're in this world where it's like one Zoom meeting after another Zoom meeting and we're all working like crazy long hours just to keep our head above water. I think what has saved us has been that our leadership team sat down and said, this is what's important to us as an organization. This is where we want to be. This is the kind of organization we want to be. And here's the path forward. And so I think 
it's surprising how many organizations don't do that. It seems really simple, like, oh, just tell people what the vision is. Um, but so many organizations don't do that. They assume, ah, people know what, what we're doing, where we're going, where we're headed, all that kind of stuff. But but when you don't do that, I find that that everyone in your organization is very busy, but they're not as effective. And they don't know on, on a day-to-day basis, like, okay, I have to finish this activity because this is this is directly tied to the, the key thing that we're trying to do as an organization versus I probably shouldn't be spending my time on this other thing. And so by having this clear vision for folks as to here's what's most important to us and prioritize that list of stuff, um, you give people the ability to say yes to the right things and do the right things first and say no to all this other stuff that that just consumes hours of our day and and isn't as high value as other things. So as we were kind of talking about that 2021, um, kind of explain your VUCA um, acronym that you have for your 2021 to-do list. I think that's important for people to understand. Yeah, so VUCA is just a way to think about the environment that we're in. We've always been dealing with it and VUCA stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Uh, and we're in it. Um, I think yes, we've been we in are. it for a very long time. It's just the pandemic really helped us see it, that we are in this volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world. Um, but even though it's frustrating and and at times kind of overwhelming, there's different ways that we can tackle each of those things. So in terms of volatility, we talked about it with being able to to move stuff to cloud and spool up and spool down or spin up and spool, spin down. What am I talking about? Uh, <laughs> and be able to have that capacity as we need it, when we need it. I think that really helps with volatility. Um, and there's a few other things that can help you with each of the different areas uh, with with uncertainty and, and complexity. We talked about having more of an agile approach and breaking things down into chunks uh, and ambiguous really having that ability to, this again goes back to the agile stuff, is is being able to take a small step in one direction and see, okay, how, how did that work? Okay, should we keep moving in that direction and taking these small steps, uh, kind of walking through a fog? You know, you can't see, you can't see a long distance, but you can see a short distance. Okay, let's, let's make some progress in that direction. Yeah, no, and I think that's probably, you know, a, a really important business tip for anybody uh, as, as we're moving through 2021 and beyond is, you know, it, it's great to have a grand vision of where you want to go. Just don't try to get there like in one day, you know, um, take, take some, take some minor steps to get where you need to go and, and chip away at your goal. And one of the reasons I want to say that too, is because I know a lot of com- companies are experiencing, you know, like uh, cash flow and capital issues because of the whole pandemic. And I think, you know, going back to agile and even putting that, you know, kind of in the DNA of the company and how it operates with maybe some of its company goals too, and kind of attacking those ones that are important first and chipping away at those little by little, knowing that, you know, maybe, maybe your, your larger vision that you had today may change, right? It may, it may have to pivot. It may have Mm -hmm. to go in another direction. And so I think add the idea of agile works, you know, not just in a, you know, a web development situation, but also um, in a, in a business situation when you're uh, a, a COO or a, C- a CEO trying to operate a company. Uh, I think that's important to, to kind of, you know, wrap, wrap your head around that idea. Yeah. I actually stumbled across this um, 
cool little thing called Cantor's Law in 2020 uh, that says that when you kick stuff off, everyone's really excited. And then when you when you accomplish something, everyone's also really excited. But it's that miserable middle. It's called the miserable middle that you have to go through to get to a successful end. And so in 2020, when people would get discouraged and 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 kind of overwhelmed, I'd be like, we're in the miserable middle. It's okay. We're in the miserable middle. Just we got to keep going. You got to keep putting one step and yeah. you know one foot in front of the other. And so I think just having that mentality of we will go through hardship. You can't have significant lasting change without going through that hardship. You can't climb to the top of the mountain without doing the climb. And the climb can be a pain in the butt. You have to do it to get to where you're trying to go. Hey, and if your mountain's too high, sometimes a helicopter can't even get up there. The air's too thin. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. You know, it's funny that you said we all go through hardships. Um, I, my my uh, my grandmother staying at my mom's house right now. Um, she lives in Idaho. And so during the wintertime, she stays here in Phoenix with my mom. And I, I absolutely love uh, being able to spend time with her because she's she's uh, she's been on this earth for a long time and has a lot of insights. And, you know, and I was talking to her about um, the degrees like she went through the Great Depression, you know, and, you know, being being able to being able to put that in perspective like with some of the stuff that we're dealing with now and you know when you say the miserable middle you know and you know you ask her like well how did the family get out of all that and she said the same thing that you just said putting one foot in front of the other taking one day at a time you know and not trying to worry about too far in advance because we didn't know what we didn't know what was happening in the future so all we could do is just you know one day at a time one one foot in front of the other so that i think that's really good advice for anybody who's listening um you know if you're feeling down and out about whatever just just one one day at a time one foot in front of the other and and i'm telling you it works i've done projects like that 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 were you know we had a very small budget for them and i thought the project was never going to get completed but sure enough chipping away and chipping away we finally got it done and uh because we used agile was still uh, relevant so thank you i'm glad the whoever whoever came up with that and and put it in my lap i'm gonna say thanks to gary wells um who is um our chief technology officer here at voice america who's been in uh technology you're this is crazy since 1971 Right, um, has been a has, wow. he's been pro- That's a long time. programming since 1971. So um, thank thanks to him for bringing the whole idea of agile to my world uh, several years ago because it's definitely been helpful. So um, beyond 20, tell us about. I, I know that you guys are a consultation firm, but you know what is beyond 20? Like, what is your mantra? What is your you know why is your company called Beyond 20? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's my favorite kind of story is is where Beyond 20 came from. So it actually came from a from a research study when they looked at when mission critical systems and organizations fail, uh, what the root cause was. And they actually found that only 20% of the time it's due to failure in things like hardware and software, um, even natural disasters. That When they actually went back and said, okay, something mission critical failed, what caused it, they were able to trace it back to failure failure on the people side and on the process side. You know, somebody made a change and didn't tell folks about it or or whatever it may be. And so that's really what we get up every day to help organizations solve is the people on the process step. Now, technology is awesome and technology solves all sorts of problems and, and allows us to automate stuff, but you can't get all the goodness unless you tackle the people on the process step. So 
that's what we get really excited about. And, and our mantra is that we're here to change work <laughs> life for people. Nice. So they don't have to spend nights and weekends and things like that um, on their work that they can find better ways to work. Oh, you mean I don't have to work 10, 12 hours a day? Uh, some days, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but it, it shouldn't be. <laughs> you know, that, and, and you're right. You know, it's funny. I just got back from vacation because I took the, I took, it's funny. I, 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 I took the rest of the year off basically for 2020 for the last two weeks for holiday. My kids are on, uh, on holiday break. And so, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this time off. And I, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm not going to work. Well, that doesn't ever happen because you don't, now I didn't go anywhere. I was just at home because it's like all this stuff going on. I'm not really traveling anywhere. You know, I'm not going to schlep my kids in the car and be like, let's go on a road trip, fam. <laughs> um, and so I, I couldn't help myself. It was like at least once a day, I found myself down in my office checking my emails. I'm like, is everything going okay? And then my wife's like, what are you doing? You need to get off the computer. You're supposed to be on vacation. Uh, it's just, it, it, it's funny though. It's, it, it's hard to, to do that. But when I got back from vacation, I, I've been working 10 or 12 hour days since then just playing catch up because um, I probably should have spent a little bit more time checking my emails. I got back from vacation. I had 780 emails I had to filter through. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's always fun. Uh, a lot of them were already taken care of, but you still have to, I'm, I'm the weird guy that like, I can't be done with the end of my day unless my, my inbox is done. Like I've, I've checked. Oh, all I'm the my, same way. I have I, to get it down to <laughs> as close to zero as I possibly yes. can. Yeah. I might look at it and, and be I'm, like, there's four in there. I know what those are. I don't need to do them today. And then I'll, I'll see them tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the life of an entrepreneur, it never stops. And so anytime my, my eyes are open. I'm thinking about work oftentimes. And so what I've had to develop as a habit is um, I hate hearing these stories about how people work around the clock because their their bosses are sending them emails and stuff like that. And so I'll write up an email or I'll write up a message. We use Slack and then I'll just save it as a draft. And I'm like, outside of work hours, I'm not bugging anybody because I don't want them to think that they have to do it. Mm. So I've, I mean, Monday morning, of course, people get a lot of messages from me because I've been thinking about stuff over the weekend. But um, but I think that's a more healthy approach. As a leader, you have to you have to um, be mindful of what you're doing, because I found, too, that sometimes I'll ask people like, hey, can you do this? Thinking it's just or, hey, what do you think about this? And sometimes they'll hear oh, shoot, Erica says we have to take on this huge endeavor. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm asking. I'm just asking your thoughts on it. Or or I didn't realize this was a much bigger thing than than what I was, you know, I was asking you about. So yeah. um, I think we as leaders have to be very careful about that kind of stuff because we also can create hours and hours of work for folks um, that we shouldn't otherwise be doing. And that doesn't make your people happy either. I can tell you that from firsthand experience. And, Turns out and, no. And 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 manage, managing people here at, at Voice America for many a year. This is my 18th year here at Voice America. And, um, you know, for me as a leader, too, I mean, you, you learn quickly um, that you can't communicate with everybody the same. Um, you, 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 you can apply equal standards to everyone. But, you know, I learned that, you know, my younger uh, employees, it doesn't, I, I should, I don't, don't, I don't even try to call them. I don't even try to call their cell phone number because they never answer. Right. It took me a long time to learn that. Oh, just text them. Right. And then they answer like in five seconds. Um, whereas some of my older colleagues, um, you know, I can text them and then I cannot 
talk to them for three days and then talk to them on the phone. But like, did you get that text message they sent you? And they're like, oh, you sent me a text message. It was like three or four days ago. Um, but I think that's an important you know, uh, piece for, for leaders to learn because our workforce is so diverse right now, um, you know, with you know, Gen Z's kind of coming of age and millennials are all in the mix and you still have um, Gen Xers that are still in the mix. And, um, and so you have this kind of huge swath of generations of people. And I think as leaders, it's very important for us to, uh, you know, pay attention to uh, the different mechanisms of communication and how all of those people kind of operate. So that way you can uh, be a more effective uh, a manager, a more effective leader. Yeah, I think just understanding your folks um, is really helpful. But also, um, this goes back to, and I know I probably sound like a broken record, but going back to the painting a vision for folks, reminding them of why we exist, why we get up in the morning, and sharing stories of, of really cool things we're doing and giving them that reason to, to do great work is yeah. so, so important, regardless if it's over text or email or I don't know. Yeah, no, no, that's 100%. People have to understand that like the reason they're coming to, you know, coming to work on a daily basis isn't just, you know, hey, I'm coming to work because I need a job to get a paycheck. I mean, there I'm sure there's plenty of people that will do some work like that, but it won't be for long. You know, uh, it, it won't it won't have any legs or longevity. Um, you know, if people don't understand, you know, I think the vision of the company and where it's going, where it wants to go, um, and that's not communicated regularly. And then also having appreciation for the hard effort and hours that those folks are putting in on behalf of the company. You know, th those two things um, go a really long ways with people. I think just making them feel appreciated and them understanding, you know, what the roadmap is. For sure. Yeah, I just heard, uh, I think it's Patrick Lencioni. I, I can't, I'm totally butchering his name, but he talked <laughs> about this thing called, we as leaders are CROs, Chief Reminder Officers. So we have to remind people, this is why we do it. This is why, <laughs> this is why it's more than just a paycheck, for sure. Oh, I love that, Chief Reminder Officer. <laughs> I do a lot of reminding. <laughs> In one way, shape, or another, some yeah. some positive, some some uh, not not necessarily negative, but um, more uh, uh, pro providing some uh, some 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 let's get going attitude uh, with 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 folks. Like you know, we're we're cheerleaders too, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. When people ask me what kind of leader I am, I'm like cheerleader. <laughs> That's awesome. Erica, That's my I, style, I, I appreciate you joining us on Finding Your Frequency. I think we've had a great uh, interview. I want to know, I want you to tell people a couple of things because I know you do some public speaking as well as your consulting and you blog and you do all of these, you know, really cool things that people can follow. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to, you know, tell the Finding Your Frequency audience where they can find more about um, you, your company and, and all those cool things that you do. Yeah. So uh, the best way to reach us is just at our website, beyond20.com. So it's the word beyond and then the number 20.com. Uh, actually, we have a blog that has tons and tons of free resources um, in a variety of topics. So all the emerging technologies that you had mentioned, as well as Agile and uh, something called ITOL or IT service management, uh, DevOps, we got tons of, of stuff there. A lot of our um, consultants and instructors do a lot of writing, blogging, um, speaking, and there's 
uh, free resources and all sorts of stuff. You can download their templates and stuff like that. Um, we also wrote a book around digital and IT strategy. You can check that out as well. It's on Amazon uh, as well as our website. And um, yeah, I think that's it. And we're on all the social media stuff. So LinkedIn and Twitter and, and Instagram, you name it. That's awesome. I want to let you guys know, um, we, we've been doing this show. This is our fifth year doing the show, right? And um, we've had a whole bunch of people on from all walks of life. And everybody who listens to this show, they know I am an absolute techno nerd when it comes to all things technology. And I want you guys to know, I've been reading this blog for the last couple of days, just kind of perusing. There is a whole bunch of resources and knowledge and information about all things technology related. And I think that you guys should definitely go go take a look at it. And if you want to get to the blog quickly, just go to beyond20.com forward slash blog. And it will just be like, pow. And you'll have all kinds of great stuff to check out. Erica, thank you so much for being on Finding a Frequency today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go check out beyond20.com. Really cool website, great blog. Erica Flora, great person, great leader, great technologist. Remember, people, processes, and technology. Uh, you can't put the technology before the people. That's very important. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to this uh, episode of Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Ryan Treasure. You're listening to us right here on the voiceamerica.com internet talk radio station 21 years on the air we're digging it we're going into 2021 hard make sure you guys tune in every week at 12 o'clock pacific time 3 p.m eastern on the variety channel 